Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we're doing things a little differently. So we got an idea from a friend to help better visualize the animals we're talking about and utilizing a green screen that I've had for a little while, uh, doing videos that we're going to be putting out as well. So when we're talking about this animal, you can also see what we're talking about and you can get a better idea of what's going on when we are talking about this animal and just helping out the listeners and now the viewers as well. So, and now we're going to get into it. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about a really fun animal, and that is... The Tasmanian Devil. Uh, so the Tasmanian Devil is a really fun one. Uh, one of the nicknames that it has is the Bear Devils. And as some pictures go through, you'll see, you'll understand why they are called that. Uh, and we'll start talking about the description more in the next section. But as for where it's found, uh, based on its name, the Tasmanian Devil, as you can guess, it is found on the island of Tasmania. That is where it is endemic to. Uh, used to be on mainland Australia as well, but sadly it went extinct there a couple hundred years ago. Uh, but they're slowly working on reintroducing it back into mainland uh, Australia. And then getting into appearance, I'll let you start tackling yeah. some of that. Um, so the size of the Tasmanian devil, um, males are usually larger than females um, in this species. So the males grow ab about three feet long with a foot of that being a tail. So a tail makes up a very good chunk of their body. Um, and they weigh on average about 18 pounds. Now the females only get to about 30 inches long, um, with about nine inches of that being their tail and only weigh about 13 pounds. So not a huge size difference, but the females are usually slightly smaller than the males on that one. And then as well, the uh, devils in Western Tasmania tend to be smaller than those on the Eastern part. And on, Tas on the island of Tasmania, they occupy the entire island. They're, they're, they are not sectioned off. They are found all over the island of Tasmania. And then getting into the color of it, um, as you can see in the pictures, they are predominantly black. Um, you'll pretty much see no other shading than that black color that they have. And then 84% of them um, have this white band that can go across their chest. Um, as well as in their rump area. So, like I said, only 84% of those have it, meaning 16% are pretty much just all black in color there. And you'll also see on some of the pictures that come through, they'll sometimes have this light spotting that kind of grows across their sides and uh, across their rump area. But that band, that big predominant band, is only found across their chest. And uh, these... These bands and these markings suggest that the devil, and as we will talk about when it comes to their hunting and behavior and whatnot, uh, they're uh, more nocturnal uh, with being most active at dawn and dusk. And the marks are thought to help draw attacks towards those spots. So if they're out when it's darker, uh, they have these really light spots. And these are spots where it is, uh, I guess, preferable if they're going to be attacked. They'd rather be attacked on those spots. And there's a lot of scarring around those areas that suggest that that is true and that is what is going on. And then getting into just their physical characteristics and some of the fun things about those, uh, they do have a very stocky profile, um, as I'm sure you'll see in some of the f uh, photos. Uh, they're very lean and short to the ground. Um, and uh, interesting thing about them is their front legs are shorter than their rear legs. Um, which is not very common um, in these types of marsupials. Um, so that's one interesting thing about them is that they kind of lean forward um, as they're walking or as they're sitting still. Yeah, the best comparison I saw when researching about their gait is it's very similar to a pig. Um, that, that is a really similar gait into how they walk. It's a very interesting, almost like really uh, short stepping trots. Um, 
they are not extremely athletic creatures. Um, and then one other thing uh, getting into with this that we Julia mentioned it offhand that we didn't mention. Um, Tasmanian devils are marsupials. Um, so they are related to things such as uh, kangaroos, koala bears, that kind of thing. They are a marsupial. Um, and we will get more into some interesting things about them being a marsupial, marsupial here soon. Um, and then moving on to some other physical characteristic things, since that's what we were talking about, is uh, one very interesting physical characteristic is their jaw and their mouth. So they have a very powerful jaw. Uh, pound for pound, going by body weight or body mass, the uh, Tasmanian devil is one of the strongest bites of all mammals in the world, which is crazy for how tiny they are the biggest they get is like 30 pounds they are tiny but pound for pound they have some of the most strongest bite force so like i said they get about 30 pounds they can exert a bite force of up to 94 pounds so three times their body weight which is crazy and you'll see in some of these pictures like this one right here they can open their mouths pretty far there's another one in here where they you can see how far they can open their jaws they can actually open them up to 75 to 80 degrees so almost a perfect right angle uh opening their jaws up and then um with their um bite in their mouth as well um they can cut through thick metal wire which is a fun fact about them so they are so strong and have such a powerful force they can bite through metal wire um and another fun thing about their mouth and their teeth is they say that they have teeth similar to hyenas um so they're not very large teeth um they're very wide and triangular in shape um, and this just helps, again, to um, cut through things, um, bite uh, for more forcefully into other things. So that's another fun thing about their mouth and teeth area. Yeah, and then another interesting thing about them, uh, compared to other creatures similar to them, the uh, the Tasmanian devil thermoregulates thermo effectively. So a lot of other creatures similar to it uh, struggle with it. So they can be active during the daytime, no problem, because uh, Tasmania and Australia can get very hot. They have no problem with that. They they can help uh, regulate the heat without overheating, which is very interesting. And then uh, you mentioned that they're not very athletic, um, which is very true. Um, they, they don't get very fast. They choose not to be very fast, but they can um, run at speeds up to 8.1 miles an hour, um, which doesn't sound very fast to us, for, but for how small they are and the short bursts of 8.1 miles an hour – um, it's it's pretty fast for how small they are, and they um, can also climb trees um, as well as swim across rivers and lakes. They've been seen doing that multiple times. Yeah, and then another uh, characteristic about them, uh, getting into their uh, hands and feet. So their forefeet will uh, are there. They have five long toes on their forefeet. Four of them will be pointing forward, with one coming out the side, similar to a thumb. Um, and this helps them be able to hold food. So and sometimes if you see them, you'll see them almost kind of holding their food as they are eating it. And then another fun fact about their body. There's a lot of fun facts with these physical characteristics. Um, they store their body fat in its tail. Um, so when looking at a Tasmanian devil, if it has a fat, large tail, um, then um, most likely it's a very healthy Tasmanian devil because that's where all of its fat is stored. So when you have skinnier tails um it's, it's showing that it might not be getting enough food or the right proper food so a uh, fat tasmanian devil tail means a healthy tasmanian devil absolutely and we mentioned the tail is kicking it pretty long and it's useful for a host of other reasons besides just storing the fat it can also be used uh, as a counterbalance when it is uh climbing or swimming or just moving quickly which is 
uh, very useful. And Julia mentioned that they can get fast. They also are able to climb and swim very effectively as well. And then the last thing that we have on their physical characteristics is they have very long whiskers. So usually when we think of whiskers, we think of just around like nose. Um, but they also have them on clumps on top of their head. Um, and we've estimated that this is to help locate prey while foraging in the dark since they do like to hunt when it's, um, you know, early morning or late dawn when it is dark outside. Um, they also have a very, very good sense of smell. Um, that also helps them detect prey, um, predators, um, but their sense of smell and these whiskers really help them give a feel for the world. Yeah, and their sense of smell actually has a range of about uh, 0.6 miles. So that's, that's pretty far. I can smell something from over half a mile away, which is very impressive. And since we're talking about uh, how they hunt and how they use those sort of things to find uh, predators and preys, uh, we can get into how or what it eats and how it eats. So the Tasmanian devil is a carnivore. It is actually the largest marsupial carnivore in the world, uh, which isn't saying much. I'm not aware of a lot of carnivorous marsupials, but the Tasmanian devil is the largest. It was the second largest up until the, the extinction of another animal, which we have talked about, which was the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. So the Tasmanian tiger used to be the largest carnivorous marsupial until its extinction, and now that title belongs to the Tasmanian devil. So it can take prey up to the size of a small kangaroo. Um, but in practice, they are much more opportunistic, and they actually prefer eating carrion or already dead things uh, more often than they hunt live prey. It's just easier. It's uh, less dangerous, uh, and that's just what they prefer. So some of the other things that they um, do eat – uh, they prefer wombats um, due to its high fat content. It's a very good meal for them. Um, but they also eat things such as wallabies, small rodents, um, even domestic mammals like sheep and rabbits, uh, birds, including penguins, um, fish, fruit, vegetable matter, insects, tadpoles, frogs, and reptiles. So pretty much anything it can get its mouth on, it can eat. Yeah, exactly. And so they're called the Tasmanian Devils, and I'm sure most people have a, uh, an idea of what that means because of the most popular um, pop culture reference, the Tasmanian Devil from the Looney Tunes. Um, so these creatures can get pretty mean, or they can at least appear mean. They're not necessarily aggressive and vicious. It's just they are very territorial. And then a lot of these displays of aggression are very much associated with food. Uh, so when it is eating something, it can get very aggressive towards other things trying to come in there and eat it. And that is where we will see the, the highest amounts of aggression when these things are eating. And then the um, way it hunts, like I mentioned earlier, they have these very long whiskers and an excellent sense of smell. Um, so when they are um, kind of stalking their prey, uh, they can use this sense of smell in their whiskers to pinpoint animals that are sick or injured. Um, so just making it easier for them to hunt. But their sense of smell is so great that it can smell these injured or sick animals. And it will go after only those ones because it's so easy to get its uh, mouth into, basically. Exactly. And as you can imagine, getting into what eats it, it being a small, uh, furry mammal, pretty much anything bigger than it eats it. So you have stuff like domesticated dogs, foxes, dingoes, as well as large birds such as the wedge-tailed eagle. And then just getting into um, its mating and courtship and stuff like that, uh, the Tasmanian devils, they are not monogamous. However, males do fight each other for females, like we see in a lot of other um, animals that we've talked about. Um, but they also guard their partners ferociously. 
Um, they do not like their females going and um, trying to mate with other males. So they will fight and guard and pretty much just go wherever this female goes just to prevent another male from mating with the female. Yeah, and some occasions you'll actually see they'll try to keep them in their den. The male will not let the female leave the den uh, once he uh, has gotten her pregnant. And then when the female does get pregnant, uh, she averages four breeding seasons in their life. They do not live very long. They only live up to about five years. Uh, a Tasmanian devil living past five years is extremely rare. So, like I said, she gets about four breeding seasons in her entire life. And every time she goes to give birth, she gives birth to 20 to 30 live young. Uh, and she's pregnant for about three weeks. Which, one, that's a really fast turnaround from being pregnant and ha giving birth. And that's also a crazy amount of live young to give to, especially for a mammal. And the, the, the more sad thing about this is that most of the young don't live. It's kind of a fight for survival in the... Um, mom's pouch, giving their marsupials. Um, so these babies, uh, they're pink and they lack fur. Um, they don't have very uh, distinct features, like facial features, and they weigh um, less than an ounce. It's a crazy amount, 0 0.007 ounces at birth. Uh, but like I said, the uh, mom usually only has um, four available uh, nipples in her pouch uh, to feed the babies. So the competition is fierce and a lot of them don't survive um, but they grow very very rapidly in the pouch and they come out about after a hundred days um, and they weigh about seven pounds um, and they become independent from their mother after about nine months uh, one thing i thought was interesting julia touched on how tiny they are but i saw a really good size comparison to get an idea when they come out they are raisin sized they are tiny little things when they come out uh, and that has to do with the fast turnaround. So the mother gets pregnant and gets them out as quick as possible. And that's one of the advantages of having a pouch. You'll see this in other marsupials. They give birth pretty early. Uh, and what I mean by early, I mean is that the, when the baby comes out, it is not very developed. Because the second part of development happens in the pouch where the mother can still keep it safe. Um, and then we actually mentioned the lifespan of about five years. Um, the possibly longest living uh, Tasmanian devil uh, recorded. It was a uh, male named Kulu, um, and he lived in captivity for more than seven years. Um, he was born in 1997 at the Cincinnati Zoo, and he died in 2004 at the Fort Wayne Children's Zoo. And uh, just a fun fact, just because this is something we can touch on and hits close to home, too. The Cincinnati Zoo is actually a zoo we grew up with. It is not far from us. Highly recommend. Uh, it's If anybody has ever gotten uh, in the area or is ever visiting in this area, the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Gardens is a fantastic zoo. There's actually two in the state of Ohio that are amazing that I recommend. It's the Cincinnati Zoo and the Columbus Zoo. Both are fantastic zoos, and I highly recommend. And then moving on, we're going to be talking about the behavior next. I kind of touched on this with their aggression uh, because that's what they're most known for. Uh, when they were first discovered, uh, because they're so mean and it's a creature that didn't run away from explorers, uh, an explorer got near it and it started opening its mouth and like hissing and growling at the guy. Uh, so they're just like, oh, it's, it's a little devil. It's possessed by the devil. Um, and no, it's just they're really aggressive and they're very protective of their territory and their food. Yeah. And while they are very, you know, territorial, they don't want to um, interfere with humans, basically. They, it's like the kind of thing that we talk about where it's like a last option where if we get too close or if they feel extremely threatened. But it's not like the Tasmanian devils are coming after people to attack them. 
Uh, and I mentioned they they do make some sounds. So they make an array of these like guttural growls as well as a little bit of hissing as well. Um, and it's it's just a sign of aggression. It's just trying to get a creature to back off and leave. They don't want to fight, like Julia said. It is a last resort. They're just trying to get you to leave them alone. Yeah. Um. Uh, the another fun thing about them that I think probably might be the most interesting thing is that they are very pungent in smell, as people have described. So they have this um, scent gland at the base of their tail, and they use it to mark the ground behind them. Um, and this can be to ward off other Tasmanian devils in the area um, or to just mark its scent in the territory, saying, like, hey, this is my area. Um, but, yeah, people have described it as a very pungent odor that is not fun to be around. And uh, one of the parts that we hate doing the most in uh – this is this one is especially sad with this creature is the population size and their um the conservation as well so the tasmanian devil has been marked as endangered since 2008 uh one of the first big uh dramatic population drops uh was started in the 1800s uh when the tasmanian devil was marked as a pest and was almost hunted to extinction it came very close to being extinct in the 1800s 1900s uh, but luckily, that ended up stopping because of some conservation that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, the other big population drop is due to a disease, which is known as the Devil Facial Tumor Disease. Uh, and it is estimated that the the Devil Facial Tumor Disease, or DFTD, has killed around 120,000 of these creatures. And what happens is it's tumors that get on their face. It's a facial tumor. And it usually forms around their mouths, and it makes it very hard for them to eat, and they end up starving to death. Yeah, so it's um, this disease. Um, I, I've seen, you know, like pictures of them. It's very sad to see them. Um, and like we said, it's it's just for these Tasmanian devils, and it's a uh, clonally transmissible cancer. So it just kind of spreads from, you know, like one to the other. Um, it's very sad to see, but some other uh, uh, threats to this Tasmanian devil are, you know, like like we said, the introduction of domesticated animals into the area, um, the spread of the um, indigenous people in earlier days, as well as urbanization nowadays, um, and then hunting, like we said earlier, they were hunted because they were considered as pests to farming. Yes, and I mentioned earlier that they were from the, that they were also found on the Australian mainland, and they went extinct there about 400 years ago, and the best guess right now is due to the introduction of Asian dogs or dingoes. So once those were introduced, those helped them go extinct uh, about 400 years ago on mainland Australia. Um, and then there is, um, luckily, there is uh, conservation on these Tasmanian devils. So in 1941, they became officially protected. Um, and a fun fact about it is that they became protected after the thylacine, or the Tasmanian tiger, became extinct in 1936 um, because they saw this species go extinct from this exact same area. Um, and they saw the Tasmanian devils numbers dropping instantly. So they took a step back and said, okay, we got to protect this thing. We don't want to see it go like the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. Uh, and there are some other great news, too. I, there are huge problems with their population, as we have mentioned. Uh, there, there are, I think there's only about 20,000 left in the wild. But they are working very hard to help fix that. Uh, in 2013, uh, the Tasmanian devils were finally being sent to other zoos around the world. Uh, they usually were kept in Tasmania just to help protect them. But they're doing it to help save the Tasmanian devil and give them to zoos with good breeding programs. Uh, because one way they're trying to get rid of or eradicate the DFTD, the facial tumor disease, 
is by breeding programs in captivity. Uh, they're trying because it can be spread from one to the other, and especially uh, with other like cancers and tumors, you can have genetic predispositions. So they're trying to help breed it out, and there's actually efforts to help find and fund a vaccine for the disease as well. So the um, like the Tasmanian, they like you said, they are being sent to zoos and everything, um, but um, I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, in 2015, this is what I was trying to say. Um, experts at the University of Tasmania, um, they observed that some of them um, are adapting to the disease even, which is really great to see. Um, they quoted that they said, we've seen seven, possibly eight animals who tumors have regressed, she said. Um, and they're thinking that the patter patterns will finally give hope. So it's just another last effort against um, this cancer that is just obliterating their population. And th that wraps up the, the, I guess, the more sad part of the uh, talks. Uh, we do have some fun facts that we haven't touched on yet, and we'll go ahead and knock some of those out. Does anyone want to start with? Yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, um, the Tasmanian devil became the largest carnivorous marsupial in the world following the extinction of the thylacine in 1936. Um, it is also closely related to quolls, um, and they are distantly related to the thylacine. Um, quolls are very similar looking to the Tasmanian devil. Um, they're smaller um, and they're a different shade, but they look almost exactly identical if you've seen pictures of them. And so we mentioned that they went extinct on the Australian mainland, but efforts have been made to help reintroduce them to the Australian mainland. Uh, in late 2020, they were actually reintroduced in a sanctuary run by Aussie Ark in the Barrington Tops area of New South Wales, uh, which is very promising and hopefully that can help bolster their numbers as well as help uh, give them some more genetic diversity. Um, another fun fact um, is that at Lake Nitschi, um, which is in western New South Wales, in 1970, a male human skeleton wearing a necklace of 178 teeth from 49 different Tasmanian devils was found. So the skeleton is estimated to be 7,000 years old, but the necklace is believed to be even much older than that skeleton. And then the last one that we have, and it's one I've already mentioned, but it's still a very interesting fact, I think, especially for a creature so tiny, uh, is that the uh, jaw of the... Uh, the Tasmanian devil is so powerful that again, pound for pound, it is one of the most powerful bites of any mammal in the world, which is extremely cool and fascinating. But uh, that wraps up all the fun facts we have. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, presentation, the, the way we did it. This is something new. Uh, I think it can be fun. I think it'll be really interesting to see how people like being able to see the animal while also hearing about it. Um, be sure to tune in next time where we're going to be talking about and showing you uh, what is called a gharial. We have a extinct episode coming up this week that is the Dinosuchus, which is an extinct uh, crocodilian alligator. And we thought that we'd do a fun crocodilian slash alligator for a uh, regular episode right around the same time. So next week we'll be talking about the gharial. Thanks, everyone.